Welcome to the Voice of MU, where we discuss various topics related to media and communication. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Ramba Mariambam. I'm a student of mass communication at Manipur University. And today, we're going to discuss on the topic, Radio in the USA. For today's guest, we have Roshan Mutum. Roshan is a friend of mine and he is also a student of mass communication in Manipur University and has interned at All India Radio Imphal. In today's discussion, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of radio in the USA and its social and cultural impact to the American society. We will also be discussing on few of the regulations of American broadcasting. Good to see you, Roshan, and thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's good to see you, Turamba, and thank you for having me. Okay, so you must be aware, November 2, 2020, it marked the 100th anniversary mm-hmm. of the first commercial radio broadcast. And I think over the last century, um, radio kind of transformed from a cumbersome experimental medium to a mobile modern format, you know, that ushered in new technologies like television and even mobile phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, radio is one of the most powerful mediums in the United States and with a weekly reach of around 82.5% among the adults, uh, there are over 15,445 radio stations in the US alone. Mm. And I think uh, online radio is also playing an increasing role in the radio market. Yes, it is. Uh, it has an estimated of 974 minutes spent listening to online radio on a monthly basis in 2021. And not only that, uh, America radio station generated a total of over 10 billion US dollars in 2020 and of which 940 million dollars was generated through online radio streaming. Mm-hmm. That's a huge number. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, iHeartRadio it's the biggest online radio company in the United States. Yeah, they are and, and they have an average session of over 300,000. Okay, so um, before we go further, let's go back to the beginning, you know, to the 1920s. Uh, First World War just got over. So how did radio come into the scene? So uh, prior to 1920s, uh, radio was exclusively used by the military as a tool for, uh, you know, sending and receiving messages from the uh, to the armed forces in real time. And in the 1920s, you know, following the war, civilians began to uh, purchase radios for their own private use. But one thing we have to note here is that movies were the most popular form of entertainment during the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And I think 1920s were the heart of the silent film era. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sorry. Okay, so um, 1930s, we have, the you know, the Great Depression happened. So what happened then? Uh, as said in the late 1920s, you know, movies were the country's most popular form of entertainment. And with the Great Depression happening, you know, between 1930s and 1940s, one third of the movie houses were closed, and mm-hmm. this became a golden age for radio. Mm-hmm. And by the 1930s, you know, radio started spreading, and you know, radio connected the nation in a way uh, which helped turn America into a more, you know, united community. And it was during this time. President Franklin D. Roosevelt began his uh, fireside chats and estimated 60 million people Mm -hmm. listened to the first episode of the fireside chat, uh, which was about the bank crisis. And how can we also forget the infamous War of the Worlds drama was aired in 1938? And you know what happened, you know, it created a nationwide pandemic. 
a panic. I mean, and by 1939, a majority of the housewives considered radio to be a more indispensable to their homes uh, rather than the clothes iron or the refrigerators as such. I think radio kind of provided, you know, a much needed distraction from the hardships of the Great Depression. And um, just after the Great Depression, Second World War followed. So, and uh, American broadcasting, you know, I think they offered 24 hours a day um, broadcasting as an effort to keep citizens engaged. And 90% of the American families owned a radio during World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, many world, many you know, world-related programs were aired during that time, and uh, programs such as the series of uh, "Speaking of Liberty," then "Dear Adolphed," then "Wings of Victory," and the doc- "Doctor Fights," etc. You know, those were the popular programs related to war. And uh, President Roosevelt's fireside chats, you know, which continued throughout the war years. You know, the chats were thought to be of a great comfort to the nation during the dark and frightening times. Mm, so. Uh, while, uh, while we're at this, so can we just talk a little bit about, you know, the Armed Forces Radio Service, AFRS? Sure. Uh, the, war, the War Department created the AFRS, you know, and it broadcasted entertainment and news to the American troops. And uh, the, their programs like the performance, which was an early hit over the AFRS during the World War II, you know, which provided the servicemen to encourage to ride to the show and request their favorite stars and suggest, you know, their performance, which they would like to hear, you know. And while being dependent on the major networks for its popular programs, the AFRS uh, still deleted all their commercial references and advertisings from it. So, means uh, they kind of exercise commercial broadcasting then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, now that we've discussed a little about the war, can we just come to the post-war situation, you know, in the 1950s? We have the rock and roll, which kind of, open you know, channels directly to millions of young consumers. And there is a rise of Dick's Jockey, you know, the DJs. Yeah, the thing is, uh, radio provided a focal point for the culture of celebrities, you know, and DJs played a role in exposing rock and roll artists to the large audience. And notable DJs of the period were Alan Freed and Wolfman Jack. Mm-hmm. And I think Alan Freed is also referred to as, you know, the father of rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he promoted the music and also introduced the term rock and roll itself on radio. Mm-hmm. And during this time, the 1950s, television also became very popular. With the rise of television, uh, with such popularity, um, I mean, uh, how did radio survive this? Yes, it reshaped the content of radio programming and the nature of radio listening itself. And uh, popular programs were, you know, moved to television and left uh, radio without its content, you know, which actually drove the medium to popularity. And uh, American radios then became a format medium Mm -hmm. and... Yeah, the success of the medium fell on the hands of the program directors, you know, uh, for, you know, creating contents in a manner that encouraged mm. the audience to keep listening. And some notable program executives were Gordon McLendon and Lee Abrahams. Okay, so coming up a little closer to the present from the 1970s onwards, I think uh, even though FM had been around for quite some time, I think it gained popularity during the 1970s. Yes. And popular top 40 radio uh, formats began appearing on the FM band. By 1980s again, FM radio was dominating the music programming. Yes, and talk radio also achieved mainstream popularity during the 1980s, and there was also the rise in uh, popularities of sports radio. Then to the 1990s, you know, when we come to 1990s, the first ever internet radio was launched by Carl Melman, and which was when 
1993 to be exact, and now we have online radio. And I think we have talked a little bit in mm-hmm. the beginning about yeah. impact of online radio today. Yeah, and so okay, so now can we? We'll just talk a little bit about regulations yeah. in American broadcasting. So, um, I think the regulatory structures of many nations, you know, they kind of reflect the heritage of postal delivery services. Uh, but the U.S. model, I think, they echo the themes of American politics. You know, in the early twenties, mm-hmm. uh, early twentieth century, like resource conservation, efficiency, commercialism, and social control, and the influence Infiltration, uh, you know, prevention of infiltration of communist ideology or socialist practice. And that's true. And in 1927, you know, legislators empowered the federal government to uh, license privately operated radio facilities to local owners and uh, under the supervision of the agency known as the FCC, which is the Federal Communications mm-hmm. Commission. And in 1980s, the FCC regularly viewed the performance of the license operation in detail. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have 1981, where Mark Fowler was appointed as the chair of the FCC. And the thing is, he made a more practical and market-driven approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he viewed the regulatory apparatus of the FCC as, you know, unreasonable restraint of private enterprise, and this was favored by the largest commercial broadcasting companies. And also, there is the reconceptualization, you know, which led to the passage of Telecommunications Act in 1996. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it swept away all the limitations of licensing and facility ownership, and it shaped the landscape of American radio. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this. American system, this American broadcasting system, mm-hmm. so it's privately operated, commercially financed. I think this is an exception to the standards and practices of broadcasting. Yeah, and United States radio industry, you know, evolved over uh, for a decade as a capitalist endeavor and a public ser- uh, public service simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this American system, this privately operated, commercially financed system, why do you think this particular system has endured? Uh, to be honest, I think American radio has always been dominated by a handful of private operators. You know, it's sustained and often uh, directly encouraged by the government regulators, who themselves have been closely associated with. And perhaps because of this, the system has endured. You know, providing countless hours of diverse, you know, programming to hundreds and millions of listeners for nearly a century. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now as it as it is entering its second century, you know, mm-hmm. I think the industry confronts challenges that are redefining both the nature and the meaning of American radio broadcasting. You have the policymakers that are, you know, scrutinizing issues of ownership, content licensing, and spectrum allocation. And I think consumers are gravitating more to customizable channels on other platforms. Yeah, and the reason is that uh, they have access to one exclusive field of audio content, and the shift of consumer behavior is especially pronounced among young people. And all of these changes are, you know, characteristics of cultural shift from historic, you know, one-to-many mm-hmm. channels of mass communication, yeah, right. yeah, to a new ethos of niche services and highly fragmented audiences. Mm-hmm. And in face, and in the faces of these changes, you know, the American system, as to say, has to maintain its, you mm-hmm. know, commitments to the public service, you know, prosperity and profitability. Okay, so what are you know your thoughts uh, with new kinds of media's coming up? Um, do you think radio will continue to survive? I mean, what do you think will be the future of radio in the USA? 
uh, as you've said, I think you know, you know, internet has changed a lot of traditional medias and uh, remaining other forms of medias, and so has radio. And with the changes in the society, you know, different medias are challenged to adapt, to maintain, and new and meet new ways in which you know consumers you know want to access their choices of entertainment. Mm-hmm. And as the reason why you know uh, radio has sustained all these years and survived as. Because it's provided a shared human experience, and Mm -hmm. I think it's the main USP for radio. And that's why it survived, uh, uh, other than the fact that it's easily accessible and low cost. Mm -hmm. So, radio will evolve and survive then. Mm -hmm. So, once again, Roshan, and thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you. It's uh, such a joy for me to be on the show. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today for my discussion with Roshan Mutum. If you're enjoying and learning from this podcast, please subscribe. Do check out our other uploads at Voice of MU on Spotify. And once again, thank you for joining us. Thank you.